Hey friends, Tom Johnston here. Welcome to the Way of the Master podcast. And today, I want to talk to you about five tips to focusing your kingdom investment. You know, as uh, we've kind of walked through the whole COVID timeline and as I've watched um, people respond to uh, the circumstances around them, I've been able to see very clearly uh, where people are at in their journey with Jesus, with their engagement with his community, and also their investment in their mission. And through this, I've, I've seen who uh, we've invested in long-term, that those people have really excelled uh, in this past season and have really done well during this time. And, and those people were invested in not because somehow, you know, they were friends or friends of friends or, you know, people in our leadership like them better than anybody else, but it was because those people really presented themselves uh, for development. And so I think one of the things that many of us as pastors are learning or have learned is that uh, we are really called to, to invest uh, in those who really want to go someplace in the kingdom and who are really pursuing Jesus and his mission. So I want to give you five things today that help you focus your investment. Um, you know, first of all, right off the bat, you have to understand that your call is to give yourself away. Now, you know, very often we, we function from kind of a self-protection mode or we're trying to maintain um, some kind of professional distance or we're trying to create some margins where, you know, we, we don't really sacrifice. And uh, regrettably, I, I don't think that's possible. And, and I think Jesus, of course, has showed us very clearly that, uh, you know, his investment in us was all in. He was, you know, he became a human being, went to the cross, died, uh, and of course, was resurrected, but it was in the sacrifice that the blessing came to us. And so we have to understand right up front that ministry is never going to be a zero-sum game. We're never going to be at the place where uh, somehow there's some equilibrium between our, our giving and our receiving. It's not the way it is in the kingdom. And in fact, it's not the way it is for anybody who's walking in the kingdom, not just leaders or pastors. That Jesus promises us eternity, uh, promises us uh, a, an eternal reward for the investment in the kingdom reality in the now, and so we're it's never going to balance out. It doesn't it doesn't reach some kind of equilibrium, and uh, there's really this idea of being poured out. Now the apostle apostle Paul talked about this in his letter to the Philippians uh, in chapter two, starting verse six uh, seventeen. He says this. Even if I am being poured out as a drink offering upon the sacrificial offering of your faith, I am glad and rejoice with you all. So Paul's investment in the Philippians, and, and by the way, their, their reciprocal investment in his ministry and, and partnering with him and giving and receiving, as he says, uh, facilitating his ministry, his, his investment in them and his investment because of them he sees himself as being poured out as a drink offering unto the Lord. And so, you know, that's that's a picture of sacrifice. 
Um, and so we have to understand you're, you're going to give yourself away. Now, it's going to be wonderful. It's going to be, uh, there's going to be great joy in the journey, but there's, there's, there is a sacrifice. There is a giving that has to take place. And, you know, we have to limit ourselves. We choose self-limitation. Self-limitation is eminently Christ-like because Jesus limited himself, even as Paul told the Philippians that, you know, being found in human form, he humbled himself even unto death, death on a cross. And so we are in that same place. So we're, we're always going to be giving. We're always going to be giving ourselves away. And I know, uh, you know, there's a lot of discussion right now about self-care, and, and that's all totally appropriate. We do need to care for ourselves. There is a Sabbath. We minister out of a place of rest uh, in the Lord. But it's always a giving. It's, it's always a investing yourself in others. So right off the bat, if you're not doing that, if you're kind of protecting yourself, if you're kind of guarding yourself, if you're kind of distancing yourself, you're never going to have the kingdom impact. You know, Jesus said, lest the seed fall falls into the ground and dies, it cannot bear fruit. So there's got to be some sowing of the self even unto death that bears fruit in the lives of other people. So the first thing is, is you got to invest. you got to give yourself away. The second thing is what you invest is what you have to give away. So you, you, you invest, you give according to the grace of God that's on your life. You know, Paul said this to the Corinthians in the first letter of the Corinthians, chapter 12, starting verse 4. Now, there are a variety of gifts, but the same spirit. There are varieties of service, but the same Lord. There are a variety of activities but it is the same God who empowers them in everyone. To each is given a manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. So the reality is, is that you've been given certain grace. You've been given certain things that, you know, Jesus really wants you to bring to the table. And the only thing you can give away is what you already have. So you, you can't give away that which you don't have. So sometimes I think we get caught up in, well, if I could just do this, or if I could just do that, or if I could just be like that guy or that lady, and and I had that gift, then I could really make a contribution to the kingdom. It's like, well, you know what? You just need to stop that right now. You need to focus in on what you've already gone on board to give away. Now, again, I talked last time about excellence and Kaizen and, and continued improvement, but so you always got to be growing. You, you know, you always have to be expanding, but you don't need to become something else to make your contribution right now that God has given you a grace, a gift, a showing through of the Spirit for the common good, and that's what you need to give away. A pastor friend of mine once said, if you're, if you're called to be a pastor of a local church, don't try to be an apostle to the state. And so, like, if, if that's not your thing, if God hasn't given you that grace, man, just don't try to go there. So the second thing then, invest, invest in what you have to give away. So third thing, um, Invest in what has historically borne fruit. So invest in what has historically borne fruit. There's been some times when I've, you know, had the opportunity to expand the ministry expression that I've had in the past. And I remember talking to Dr. Bob Logan once about this thing. Well, Bob, do you really think I'd run down this path? And he goes, well, Tom, you know, I think it's okay Um to run with something that God has historically blessed. So if, if God has used you, you know, kind of 
repeatedly in a certain matter, a certain manner, then yeah, it's it's probably a way he wants to continue to use you. So, you know, people who have a great grace in teaching or exhortation or people who plant churches, like you, when when God has it on you, He's probably want wants you to keep doing it. And obviously, there's times and seasons for everything, and everything has to be. Um, kind of discerned as to what the application is currently that God has. But if you're investing in ways and through gifts and grace that you have that has historically borne fruit, it's probably likely that God wants you to keep going down that path. You know, Paul talks to Timothy about this in the opening of his first letter to Timothy, chapter 1, verse 18. He says, this charge I entrust you, Timothy, my child, in accordance with the prophecies previously made about you, that by them you may wage the good warfare. Well, well, what's that mean? So Timothy was obviously set aside at some point in time in the past through some prayer from some elders, Paul being one of them, an apostolic leader. And they called out things in his life that God was doing and wanted to do and wanted to do in him and through him. And Paul says, look, it's based on the revelation of, of that, based on the knowledge that you have about who you are and who God's called you to be, uh, you know, who God has shaped you to be in Christ and what's the Holy Spirit's contribution through you. Well, you know, that's what you need to focus on. That's what you need to do. You need to, you need to wage war. You need to go into battle with the things that you know uh, work for you. So it's like David, when he tried to put on Saul's armor and go faith Goliath, that didn't work because he wasn't trained in it. He's a shepherd boy, so he was good with a staff and, and some stones, a slingshot. And so with that, he, he beans Goliath with the slingshot, and then pulls out Goliath's sword, which he could hardly lift, and cuts off his enemy's head. So he stayed with what worked for him. And again, I'm not arguing against learning new things and learning new skills, but really, what, what is it that, that God does through you? What's the thing of Jesus that he does through you that bears fruit? Or what are the several things? And so with that, you know, I think it's super important that you, you stay within your wheelhouse and that you work with uh, kind of the framework that, that God has established for you so that you aren't trying to go again and do something that's not part of who you are. And it's not something that God has empowered uh, you to be and do. So focus on those things that have historically borne fruit. Fourth thing is invest in those who respond. And this is always a, a crazy thing, but um, most people, most leaders, most pastors will try to reach everybody and try to teach everybody and try to lead everybody and try to do it with the whole group. And what I've noticed from reading the Gospels and studying Jesus's method as a rabbi is Jesus just did not do that. And I've talked to you about this before, but Jesus was would take the large group environment and kind of fish for disciples. He was looking for the person who has Shema Levat, the hearing heart. And then what he would do is he would focus in on those guys. So like, you know, he had 84 disciples. He gathered together out of those environments. He had the 12 that he named apostles after praying all night. And, you know, Peter, James, and John got the most attention because they, they had the most potential of the kingdom. So what Jesus is doing is he's, 
He's tailoring his investment into the people where it's going to bear fruit. A uh, great picture of this is Matthew 13, starting verse 10. It says this, Then the disciples came to him and said, Why are you speak them in parables? And he answered them, To you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. To the one who has, more will be given, and he who has abundance, but from and to, and to he in abundance, but from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. So Jesus would always say, let him who has ears hear. And so that's a, a direct uh, reference to the Shema from Deuteronomy 6.4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. So Shema, of course, means to listen so as to obey. There's no word for obedience in ancient Hebrew. Shema was the closest thing to it. If God said it, you did it. Uh, there was no questions, no dialogues, no philosophical discussions. Obedience was the response to hearing. And so what Jesus is doing is he's fishing the crowd for men. He's looking to see who's going to respond to him. And so what he does then is he focuses in on those who have Shema Levat, the hearing heart, whose heart is open. And so you can only invest in those people that are responding to you, who are teachable, who are open. You can't invest anywhere else and expect fruit. I think part of the frustration that we we have as leaders and as pastors is that people just don't listen to what we have to say and we want them to because we love them and we have compassion on them. We know if they respond to the gospel, they respond to the teaching from the word, that their life is going to be transformed and they're going to have a much more satisfaction, uh, much more satisfaction in their life. They're going to have joy, they're going to have peace, they're going to function, um, you know, in their calling and their gifting. But, you know, if they don't hear, if they can't hear, if they don't have a heart that hears, we're, we're kind of wasting our time. And so we shouldn't invest in those who don't want to hear. And, and I've learned just to kind of take a step back from those folks, not kick them to the curb, not leave them behind, but not dive in, not really try to see that transformation take place that can't take place unless they're willing to hear uh, the word of God and what the Holy Spirit says. So that's the fourth thing, invest in those who are going to respond to you. And then the last thing I have to say, the, the fifth thing that I think is a real tip to, to do this right uh, in your kingdom investment is invest for the long term. So invest for the long term. And we, we really see this kind of played out and come to, come to fruition and culmination in the Great, Com uh, the Great Commission in Matthew 28, where Jesus says, starting verse 18, and then Jesus and the, and. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. So this is really amazing, this passage. So it's the culmination of three and a half years of walking with Jesus. They've been through crucifixion crucifixion, resurrection, they're about to see his ascension. And what he says is, guys, look, this is what it's been about. I've been investing in you so that you can go invest in every ethnos, every people group on the face of the earth. That really he's looking at this long-term game. And, and what's really telling about this is at the end he says, I am with you always to the end of the age. 
So Jesus, for three and a half years, has been intensely investing his life in these guys who are the beginning of something. They're the beginning of this kingdom movement, this thing called the church. And what he's saying is, for as long as it takes, throughout this whole, whole period of the time of the Gentiles, this, guys, I'm with you. I'm, I'm, I'm with you in it until it's over. And so when he says to the end of the age, that's a pretty, pretty long-term view. And so I think we have to understand that very often we are short-sighted and we are short-term thinkers. We're looking for an immediate turn, an immediate response, an immediate fix to some kind of ministry situation or problem that we may have or some need that we feel that we have that uh, needs to be addressed. And so we are looking for a short-term win, but really, it's really about the long-term gains. And I, th I think this investing for the long-term has two aspects. The first is looking for that which bears lasting fruit. And the second thing is, is we need to think over long terms of time, decades. So the first thing, you know, that which bears lasting fruit, that we're not just looking for a flash in the pan. We're not just looking for the thing that sprouts up quickly and then withers when persecution comes, like Jesus talks about in the parable of sower. But we're, we're looking to invest in things and in people that are going to bear fruit for generations. Not just uh, we're going to see a few people come into a meeting or attend church on a Sunday or whenever you do your thing. That's not what it's about. It's really about the long-term investment in the kingdom mission. And so it, we're, we're looking for something that bear last, bears lasting fruit. We're looking for generations of disciples. We're looking for the multiplication of disciples, of leaders, of churches. And so we're looking for that fruit that lasts long-term. And to get there, we have to think in the other aspect of long-term, which is decades. Uh, I think we're so used to the microwave generation and the popcorn button in the microwave that we get so frustrated when the thing takes too long. And really, it's that long obedience in the same direction that is really what bears fruit. So we need to be willing to kind of put down some roots and some lives and invest. I know some of the people that uh, I've been investing in for 15, 18, 20 years are now bearing amazing fruit. And, and so I think that the, the longer we invest and have those healthy relationships where, uh, you know, like Paul and the Philippians, we're giving and receiving, we're investing and growing and maturing. I think when we invest in those things long-term, we see... invest in those things that have historically borne fruit. We need to invest in those who respond, focus on them, and then we have to invest for the long term. We have to have long-term thinking about how we're investing. You know, I've got about 10 years left in this ministry thing, uh, kind of real hot and heavy. I'm about to turn 60, so I figure about maybe 10 more years I'll have strength and energy and 
really good functionality to, to keep nailing it on a daily basis and and really just keep driving forward in the, in the kingdom work. But I know even now that uh, I'm in a different place where I was 10 years ago or 20 years ago to where I don't quite have as much kind of emotional bandwidth or long, long-term resilience. So I got to focus. I got to focus more. And as I look at the times around us and I look at what's going on in church, I'm thinking, wow, we all really need to focus. We, we, we don't got anything to spare. There's no margin. You know, we, we've really got to focus on that, which the Lord's calling us to. Uh, and so we have to follow the Lord's leading, the guidance of the Holy Spirit. As we give ourselves away, as we invest what he has given us uh, in others, as we invest in those things that have in the past borne fruit, as we invest in those who are responding to us, those with Shema Levat, and as we invest for the long term. So, folks, make your investment and watch what God does. Watch him multiply it. Watch him extend it. Watch the generations of fruit roll down because that's what God is in, God's intention is for you. So focus. Focus your investment. God bless. Have a great week.